Welcome to the Sunbury Press Book Show on the BookSpeak Network. Sunbury Press publishes print, electronic, and audiobooks under a variety of imprints and categories available worldwide wherever books are sold. And now your host, the founder and CEO of Sunbury Press, Lawrence Knorr. We're at the Christian Baker Farm near historic Boiling Springs, Pennsylvania. My guest today is author and visionary Nancy Rhodes. She's the author of Mary's Story. While visiting Mary's house in Ephesus, Nancy Rhodes had a metaphysical experience. According to tradition, Mary, the mother of Jesus, lived in what is now modern-day Turkey after escaping the bloodbath of the Roman soldiers who were tracking down her son's followers after his death. As Nancy sat alone in her house, she experienced an overpowering emotional awakening. Mary's story flashed before her like photographic scenes in rapid succession, portraying Mary's life. It took all of her willpower not to throw herself to the floor and weep uncontrollably. She found her heart opening to the words of Mary, and she spoke to her and asked her to tell her story. Over a period of ten years, Nancy continued receiving Mary's words. Mary's revealed the complete story of her life, her deepest, most personal feelings as she faced obstacles and turning points in her life, a lonely childhood where nature was her only solace, a horrible beating by her father, how Joseph's devotion prevented her from certain death, and later, when their village was torched by Roman soldiers, it was Joseph's quick-thinking courage that saved Mary and the children as they escaped on horseback. Nancy Rhodes is the founding artistic director of Encompass New Opera Theater. She has staged works by Aaron Copeland, Mark Blitzstein, Virgil Thompson, and Gertrude Stein, among many other American composers and writers. Her opera libretto, Ocean Dream is published by Broadway Play Publishing and was performed in Estonia in 2018. Her production of Anna Christie, based on the play by Eugene O'Neill, was released by Broadway Records in 2019. Nancy served as the Vice President, USA Delegate of the International Theatre Institute and wrote articles and spoke on panels in Europe, Asia, and South America. She taught 12 years at the Manhattan School of Music and served on the faculties of Hunter College and Mercy College. Her opera, Libretto, The Theory of Everything, received two prestigious development grants from the National Endowment of the Arts. She holds a Master of Fine Arts degree from New York University. Welcome, Nancy Rhodes. Oh, thank you, Lawrence. Thank you so much. Um, it's a pleasure to be here. Well, likewise, I'm, I'm thrilled. We could talk all day about your theater career. And uh, However, that's not what your book's about. So now that I've caught my breath after reading that long introduction, <laughs> let's get into the book. I, You know, the first thing I'm thinking about is uh, when I was in Rome, uh, in the city of Rome, and walking through the ruins, um, you know, near the Colosseum and then up on the, one of the hills, uh, I don't know which form it was, it might have been near the house of augustus or one of those places there was a gravel path and i sat on a bench and it was springtime there were birds in the trees and it was like almost all of a sudden with the people crunching on the gravel as they walked by my mind drifted back in time and it was like for a moment i was in ancient rome my imagination was running wild i could see I was imagining that I was there in, you know, 7 BC or whatever. And uh, it all seemed so real, and then it was gone. <laughs> and I was so disappointed. And I thought, 
I'm wondering if sometime when you're in places of such historic importance, uh, is there still something in the air? Is there something you can still pick up on? And uh, you went to Mary's house in Ephesus. I hope I'm saying that right. And you've had this metaphysical experience. Maybe give us a little sense of what it was like there uh, in Turkey and what got you started on this path. Yes, well, uh, you, you, you describe very beautifully the feelings that you have when you're traveling and you're in a, a, a place that has uh, of time, uh, past, present, future, all wrapped up in one um, sort of great idea. So specifically, I was directing a um, musical, West Side Story, in Istanbul. And I was working with uh, the Turkish State Theater and the Turkish artists. So afterwards, I wanted to travel um, to Ephesus, uh, the great uh, city in Turkey that houses an amphitheater and a, um, a library. So, so we traveled there. And um, the place that I was also wanting to go to was Mary's house which was quite a distance from Ephesus. So you had to travel along the Magnesian Road. And um, so we arrived there in uh, December, and uh, it was uh, uh, mild. There weren't that many tourists there. Um, and honestly, I was approaching this whole experience as a tourist. I didn't have any preconceived ideas of anything other than to see these various places. But um, sort of as you describe, amazingly, I went into the house and there were some people in there. And I looked around. It was very small stone dwelling. And uh, I thought, hmm, wow, how did someone live in such a small place so many, many uh, centuries ago. And then I walked out, and then something happened. Uh, uh, I looked up into the trees, and suddenly I could see every, every aspect, every tiny vein and, and aspect of the leaves. And, and there was a wind sort of uh, blowing, and I've was feeling just something and I walked on down to get a drink of water and I turned around and I said to uh, to Roger uh, uh, I said you know I'm going to go back in the house again and this time I went in the house and there was nobody the caretaker no tourists it was completely empty and I sat down and as you read I had this experience that was suddenly overwhelming where I felt like I was seeing uh, a film, uh, flashbacks uh, in full color of scenes that appeared to be in the ancient world. Mm. And I felt emotionally that I was somehow connected with this. And it was such an overwhelming experience. I really thought I was going to throw myself down uh, and just weep uncontrollably, uh, tears and tears and tears. And as this was all happening, I heard these words, of course, in my mind, but these words appeared, tell my story. Tell my story. And 
I was sort of overwhelmed. I thought I was being asked to sell my worldly goods right. and, uh, uh, you know, give up uh, working in the theater. And, but no, it came back to me simply, very direct, tell my story. And so this went on for a while, and then I pulled myself together um, and came out the door of the house, and then we went on into the heart of Turkey, and then things progressed from there. So what year was that when that event happened? That was 1989. 1989. And, uh, and we're just going to be publishing that book this year, so that's that's quite a while. And Nancy, we do need to take our first break, but when we come back, we're going to talk some more about what happened since 1989. Explore Sunbury Press books and find the work of talented authors in many genres. Ars Metaphysica is our spiritual, new age, and metaphysical fiction imprint. Among our titles, works by Kareem El Kusa, such as The Kabbalistic Visions and Phoenician Code. Chris Fenwick's The 100th Human, and Michelle Willard Hoffer's The ABCs of Narcissism, Soaring Past Toxic Partners. Find these and other intriguing works at the Ars Metaphysica tab and all works of nonfiction and fiction at sunburypress.com. I'm back with Nancy Rhodes, the author of Mary's Story. And uh, Nancy, we just talked about this vision that happened back in 1989, and it's it's been... Uh, what? How much time has it been? Oh, 34 years almost now. We're, we're talking about working on publishing this book. So my, my first question, though, is had you had any other psychic experiences or visionary experiences in your life besides this up to that point? Or is this like the first time it was very profound? Well, I, no, I've had nothing um, to this extent um, I work in the theater, I work in music, I'm a storyteller, right. um, and I'm very um, uh, connected to metaphysical and spiritual aspects of um, all the religions. I've studied Eastern philosophy and um, have um, a great interest in quantum physics and uh, have written a, an opera libretto called The Theory of Everything. Right. So I'm a, an, an explorer to understand what is the nature of reality? What, um, what is this expansive, uh, magnificent universe that we live in? Um, we're just a, a big ball hanging um, in the universe. Um, by the laws of physics and the law of the of the great creator, so I get I'm interested in all of these um, explorations. Yeah, so this happens in 1989. You know, we're talking now, as I said, 34 years later. I know you and I met uh, online and then on the phone to discuss your book, well, maybe about a year ago or so. So in between you've had this story in you it was there a gap where it just sort of was there and and maybe mary still knocking on the door saying hey hey don't forget me or was it just a progression <laughs> where it kept coming to you periodically with i don't know I, i'm trying to get a sense of you know the visions yes. continuing and regardless of where you were in the world you were still having this desire to write this down well specifically when we came back from the uh trip to Turkey, I um, felt 
that I had been called, I had been asked specifically to tell her story. And I thought, how am I going to do this? So I went around and searched out books and uh, on on her and, and discovered there really wasn't um, anything that seemed to be telling her story. And so I really wasn't sure how to begin. And uh, Roger, who later has been became known as the scribe, uh, he said, why don't you go into your meditations and, and, and call upon and ask? And so that's what I did. And I began to receive the book in chapters. Um, and this went on for a 10-year period. Um, of course, I was working in other countries. I was working in New York City. I was running my company. But um, uh, the book came uh, together over uh, a decade. Um, And from that point, and you see, the thing about the book is Mary tells her very uh, honest, uh, direct story. And remember, Mary was a Jewish woman. And this, her telling is coming from a kind of authentic reality of being a Jewish woman in the ancient world under the regime of the Romans, uh, a ruthless uh, they had no no civil rights, no human rights. When the Romans wanted to take over their village, they would just come in and burn it down. Um, and there's a scene where Mary and Joseph and the children uh, have to flee, uh, I mean, with very little time, uh, cross the river. And it's it's quite dramatic. Um, and they had no rights. And so a lot of the story comes out in the family telling of, of what happened with Mary and Joseph and, and, and how uh, these events in their lives shaped uh, Jesus and also brought them together. Their strength lay in, in being a tight unit as a family mm-hmm. and being connected with um, what they called safe havens where the Jews at that time period would have uh, hiding places in the mountains here and there where they uh, could hide out and be safe from the um, ruthless uh, violence of the uh, Romans. Yeah. So as you were saying uh, about the records that exist about Mary, obviously there, there really isn't much. And I was thinking about even the Gospels, at least what I know about them, it pretty much ends with the life of Jesus ending and his resurrection. Uh, not much about, oh, and guess what happened to mom? <laughs> you know, so there's no real like, hey, you know, she went on and did this and that, at least that I know of. And I know, I, I think, and uh, forgive me, I have very vague recollection that there might be some apocryphal Gospels of Mary. I'm not sure if that's Mary Magdalene or Mary, the mother of Jesus, but... Um, I didn't catch what you said. There might be... Apocryphal. Um, apocryphal. Uh, oh, right. Yeah. Yeah, well, I'm sure that anything and everything is, um, you know, even the Bible itself was uh, transmitted as an oral yeah. uh, transmission. And so, um, yes, 
We yeah. we have no proof of anything. Even the scientists say they don't even have uh, any proof of what is the substance of uh, of reality. We know that we're made uh, from the elements of stars, uh, exploding stars that rain down on our planet, and that's what we as human beings were made of star stuff. Right. So there's a lot of things we we don't know specifically but our heart and mind connected tell us a lot of things and i love your interest in in physics too i mean if you took a microscope and you you kept zooming in on us eventually you'd get down to we're just energy that's and, right and everything is energy around us but i'm digressing a little bit i want to get back to mary and i want to get back to ancient rome and you know as i'm studying history i haven't studied this era but um I do know that the Romans, of course, conquered Judea, and it was bloody and nasty, of course. And, uh, you know, you ultimately hear about the governors that they put in place, Pontius Pilate being one of them. He was a real historical figure. Uh, some of the guessing about the time frame of Mary's life and, and some of the events in her um, remembrances that you're, that you're recording, it's possible that maybe it could be aligned with some scant known history. Have you had any chance to just look at the early history of Judea in that era? Is there anything that that historians have written that it's like, wow, this really connects with what I'm I'm hearing and seeing here? Or is it just so vague and so distant that there's nothing you can latch onto? Well, the the story I think, as 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 uh, I've told it in the book, is very detailed and very specific, and I've also felt or received, in a sense, during all of this, that one of the purposes of the book is to give uh, scholars and uh, people interested in the ancient historical world uh, the opportunity to take this information and begin to uh, sift through it and find whatever um, might be uh, relevant um, I should say that also in the book, Mary tells her story, her personal, uh, and it's in her first, it's told in her own words and at turning points uh, in her life. And um, But she also stops and then she addresses um, us living today in today's time period. So it's a very interesting um uh, opportunity to receive this ancient wisdom from someone like Mary and how she addresses and helps us uh, going through so many things that are happening in the world right now. Well, on that note, we're going to take our second break. We're talking to Nancy Rhodes, the author of Mary's Story. We'll be right back. Sunbury Press Books brings the reader unique and independent works of fiction and non-fiction. Oxford Southern is our educational and academic imprint. Releases such as Philip Mosley's Telling of the Anthracite, Art a la Carte, a memoir of a wayfaring art teacher by Marianne Bickett, and Mildred Schindler Jansen's autobiography, Surviving Hitler, Evading Stalin. Click on the Oxford Southern link for more at sunburypress.com. I'm back with Nancy Rhodes, the author of Mary's Story. Nancy, uh, a Christian listening to uh, this or reading the book when we when we get it out there, 
Is there something in it that would surprise them about Mary's story, maybe contrary to what's in the Bible, or is there, and or is there are there aspects of it that would be maybe that would enhance the faith of someone? Well, um, uh, first of all, I think that um, the story, her story, um, resonates uh, to just anyone, uh, no matter what religion or or, or, um, faith um, um, aspect they come from, Mm -hmm. because it's such a um, real and um, uh, honest, I think, um, uh, story. So... Well, there's a lot of things. For for, ex- for example, when Joseph dies, and he 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 died fairly young, and Mary was devastated. I mean, it was almost to the point where she just about couldn't handle uh, this this whole experience. And her children. And by the way, Jesus had a sister uh, uh, named Rachel. Um, who they gathered around her and really helped her through uh, this terrible loss that uh, was just extraordinarily devastating for Mary. Um, There's a kind of surprise ending, um, which I won't, you know, uh, go into in detail, but um, after um, Jesus was... um, crucified and uh, time passed Rachel and Mary traveled through a perilous journey um, back to um, to Nazareth and um, there they went back to their original home and uh, were received by people uh, Christians at this point who had believed and received Christ, um, they were received by those people and they helped them in the last years of Mary's life. And Rachel stayed with Mary um, through, through, the very, through the very ending. So there's, um, there's all sorts of um, interesting moments. For example, Jesus, as a young man, was um, taking uh, was going to the rabbi to take lessons, and the rabbis, the local rabbis, got so upset with him because he asked too many questions, and um, and so eventually they came and they said to Mary and Joseph, uh, they said we really uh, have to ask him not to attend anymore because he's upsetting the rest of the group. He's asking too many questions. And Mary and Joseph supported Jesus in this, which I thought was really something extraordinary. Um, They understood that he was an independent thinker, that he was concerned about um, the the people. Jesus could see that that there was um, an injustice uh, and all sorts of things happening to the people. And he spoke out about that. So he wasn't just a... um, what's the word, policy, uh, he was thinking about the the realities of the people living at that time. So um, there's a, a lot of really information. We see Jesus as a child um, uh, after they flee from the burning village and how he helps another little child whose parents did not get out 
who who lost their lives and how Jesus was so compassionate and then went to his mother and cried and said, why was I saved and what can I do now? I mean, and so we see these little moments mm-hmm. uh, that are very real that come out of a, a, a real uh, context of life and how that shaped uh, Mary, Joseph, Jesus and the other family members. Nancy, as I was uh, thinking about your experiences, the way you in meditation were were getting information, it reminded me of a gentleman from Virginia who passed away some time ago named Edgar Casey, and uh, you know he he received information from ancient times and spiritual and philosophical stuff. Um, have you heard of Edgar Casey? Yes, I, as a matter of fact, I was uh, in his institute. And I, in the lobby, they were showing a video of his uh, life, and um, they showed his early life, uh, where Edgar Casey was very drawn to uh, communicating with the spirits of the trees, the flowers, grass, all of nature. And in fact, uh, early in the book, Mary uh, was also... Um, uh, played, talked, sang, danced with uh, the various uh, spirits or en- entities in nature um, that she could see that, see them as a child. And um, so that was the first time I had ever heard of anyone else doing that exactly um, besides what I have received about the Mary story. So that, that I thought was very interesting because, in fact, Mary... Um, it is, uh, was a, um, her heart was so open that, uh, she was such a faithful human being and so connected. She was connected to all of nature and listened and, um, received so much, um, solace, um, throughout her life. She, she was a true believer in, uh, the, the, in God, in the Holy Spirit, in in uh, the great creator. Well, Nancy, it is a fascinating story, and I'm thrilled that we're going to be publishing it here uh, very, very soon. And uh, so let me ask you, I know we just have a few minutes left about what else you're doing. I know you have this fabulous career in theater. So, uh, you know, what's going on these days with you in, in that regard? Oh, well, thank you, Lawrence, and we're thrilled that you and, and Sunbury Press are, are are publishing Mary's story. I just feel it so strongly in my heart that you folks are the right ones. So, um, well, I am working to bring out my opera, The Theory of Everything, and uh, most recently we did a production of Angel of the Amazon, uh, a true story uh, about Sister Dorothy Stang, who helped indigenous families get land rights in the, uh, in the Amazon. And she also took a stand for the rainforest and protection of uh, the rainforests around the world. Um, she 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 did not meet with a happy ending. However, the loggers uh, sent uh, hired gunmen and assassinated her when she was 73 in 2005. But her legacy carries on to protect our environment and our indigenous wisdom and people who are on the front lines of uh, protecting our planet. Well, I'd have to think, too, as listening to you and, and just comprehending this whole thing, which is very hard to comprehend, but the degree that which I can, 
my question is, why did Mary select you? And then I think, well, it, it's not about the book. The book is just the first step. She selected you because of the stage of the performance potential of this. Have you thought about that? Is there an opportunity here to turn this into some kind of performance or... Well, I, I think uh, first let's let's get the book out there and then see. <laughs> okay, fair, fair <laughs> enough. I you know we we all have sort we'll let sort of Mary guide us uh, as she has done all along the way, um, and uh, so we're we're just thrilled, Lawrence. Um, you know, I told you I grew up in Pennsylvania, and so I feel so connected to the history of uh, Pennsylvania and. Uh, the Mennonite families and communities, and I uh, had grandparents who were Mennonite farmers, although I grew up in the Lutheran religion. I now think of myself as a, you know, uh, open to all faith traditions. Yeah, and we just put out a book on uh, Pennsylvania Dutch heritage, and I was speaking to a, uh, a reviewer who said, yeah, I got your Amish book. And I was like, well, it's it's a lot more than just the Amish, the Pennsylvania Dutch. And I had to explain right. the Amish are like 5 7% Mennonites as well, and that the uh, Lutherans, the UCC, and so on. Yeah, Correct. It's a great yes. heritage, definitely a great heritage to have. Yes, I'm always happy because uh, my mother is 98, and she grew up on the farm, and I think that she had good uh, nourishing food that they grew right there uh, on the farm, and... Uh, She's doing great. Good. She loves the book. A number of uh, of of people um, have responded, and they find great comfort and solace, and um, all sorts of. Um, it's hard to explain, but I'm getting really extraordinary feedback from uh, readers. Excellent, Nancy. We are going to have to go. It's been a pleasure having you on. Look forward to getting Mary's story out to the world very, very soon. Thank you for listening to the Sunbury Press Book Show on the BookSpeak Network. Check out our website at www.sunburypress.com for our latest releases. Be sure to subscribe to our newsletter to receive special offers and discounts.